Rediscovering Christmas. Wow. Are you prepared to do that this year? Rediscovering what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. And uh, this morning we're going to continue that journey together as during this year. I call it the year of the pandemic. And uh, so, but in spite of the pandemic, we want to rediscover this, the power and the true message of what Christmas is all about. And so thank you for being here this morning in person and those uh, watching online as well. Great to have you in the service. So we've looked at hope, we looked at peace, and today we're going to look at that trait called joy. And uh, joy uh, is uh, the trait we're exploring today for this third Sunday of Advent. And so if you've been journeying with us over the last few weeks uh, towards Christmas, Christmas Day, you know that we've been celebrating the season we called Advent, and, um, and I want to remind you this morning, because sometimes we forget it, Advent means coming, or Advent means arrival, and this is a season that is meant to be, should be marked by expectations, it should be a season that is marked by anticipation and waiting. Just like you were all lined up the church outside the doors this morning of the church just waiting to get in here, you were anticipating just to get in the door. And, uh, and maybe I, that was a dream I had, I guess. So I, I didn't see it that way. And so just the longing we need to have, and that's the desire that we have here at Spotlight for this Christmas, is that you would once again be able to scrape away all the crud. That's a, that's a Greek word, all right, crud. And scrape away all the crud in your life and begin to rediscover the simplicity and the, the power at the same time of the message of what Christmas is all about. The hope he can bring in your life. The peace he can bring in your life. And today we're going to talk about that joy. And that's the purpose of today's message is help us to rediscover or maybe for some of us discover for the first time the joy that can be yours when you put your faith in Christ. And for some of us, we maybe made that decision, put our faith in Christ a long time ago. But what's happened is that our love for God has grown a little bit cold. Our love for God maybe has grown so that it's like, yeah, I can, I can take it or leave it. I hope this Christmas that somehow you rediscover just the joy that can be yours when you fully surrender your life to Christ and live the way he wants you to live. This morning, if you have your Bibles, you can power them on, or you can, you can just kind of listen and follow along, or you can open your Bible. But Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, is just a great passage that I think that shares with us some principles about how to rediscover joy in your life. Uh, and so I want to touch on those this morning. So I'm going to read it, going to read it for you fairly quickly here, beginning to read at verse 18. And uh, just look into verse 25, and we're just going to read this about the birth of Jesus today. And I want to share with you very quickly five things that come out of this passage, principles that are inescapable, you cannot get away from it if you want to have joy in your life when it comes to the, the serving and following God. Begin to read a verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, which says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But, and here's the, here's the scandal, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, and he did not want 
to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they are to call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. The second here, just turn to me pages. The angel of the yeah the angel. Uh, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. In, ver, in final verse, verse twenty-five, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. I read that passage this morning because I think it's important for us to remind remind ourselves that. The, the message about the virgin birth and how Jesus was born is actually incredibly central to who we are as a church. It's not a, a nice little lullaby story. It's not meant to be a, a nice romantic story. Um, but it's meant to be a, the, the heart of what the church is all about. And a heart of the church should be about the message of joy, and we're going to focus on that today. But it comes, all of that comes out of what Jesus did for us when he was born uh, at that time. And so today, as we appreciate this story and we appreciate the, all the miracles that were happening with Joseph and Mary, I think we discover in this story some very, um, I call them inescapable principles that remind us that if we want joy in our life, especially if you are professing to be a Christian, and you don't look like you've been sort of weaned on a lemon or something like that. But if you truly authentic joy that runs way down deep into your life, not something shallow, not a facade that you put on, it's not about faking it until you make it, but something that is sub sub substantially deeper than all of that. If we really want that, there are some principles that we have got to apply and I think come out of this story that we have with us here today. And so Mary and Joseph... When you look at their life, every time I read this story, I just think, wow, what an incredible story. What an incredible story. And, um, and as we go through it today, I mean, Joseph, what he had to put up with, his fiance all of a sudden says, hey, hey, honey, I'm pregnant. And, um, and but it was the Holy Spirit. And uh, Joseph's going, yeah, right. All right. Yeah, sure. That's a new one. Uh, never heard that one before. And so he's going to get rid of her, loves her enough, doesn't want to disgrace her, he's going to do it quietly, you know, um, and, and, and then move on and, and maybe find somebody else. But then the angels come and they give him a vision, say, Joseph, don't do that. This really is authentically something that is from God. What is happening in Mary is conceived of the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph wakes up from this dream and he has some choices to make. And... And what an incredible picture or story it is about how Mary and Joseph had to make a decision. Do they really believe that all that is happening is from God? Or is it the chili I ate the night before? 
They had some decisions to make. And based on those decisions was going to be how things worked out. And so today I want to encourage you that as we walk through the decisions they had to make, I want to encourage you to think about making these same decisions in your life and in my life. And so let's, let's go through this and let's rediscover the joy that can be ours in our life, especially if we profess to be Christians. And by the way, I think people who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ should be some of the most joyful, happy people you ever meet. Not in a fake way, but really authentically. They should be some of the most happy people you ever meet. But today, and I think this is why we're talking about rediscovering, is that today there are a lot of believers who've lost their joy in their life. They no longer have that spark. They no longer have that fire in their, in their eyes. And, and when they talk about Jesus, it's like they kind of glass over and say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, I like the theme that we have about rediscovering. Rediscovering the joy that can be ours, the hope that can be ours, the peace. And of course, next week we're going to talk about the love. And so maybe today that's exactly what you need. Maybe you wandered into this service today and you really are going through the motions. Maybe your heart's not really in it. Maybe the joy that you used to have is no longer there. I hope today before you leave that God plants a brand new spark within your soul, a brand new joy that begins to grow and to begin to blossom. And hopefully these principles can be helpful. So let's look at this. What are some things that we can draw from the story? And I'm going to go rather quickly. Some things from the story that are helpful to us. Number one, principle number one. God's way is not always our way. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? God's way is not always our way. And when you look at verses 18 and 19 and, and the way that the story begins to open up, I think if I was going to save the world, I don't know if I would do it by having a, a baby planted inside of, of a virgin then saying it was something from God. I mean, it wouldn't be sort of the plan that I would come up with in doing that. But you know what? God's way of doing things, when we first look at it, we're going to think, wow, where'd that come from? But God knows exactly what he's doing. And we need to be reminded, first of all, like Mary and Joseph, that it may not have been the uh, way that they would like to have their life together start out. It may not have been the way they wanted to do things, but they had to make a choice. Do we still obey God and follow God? Do we still believe in what he is doing? Or do we abandon it and give up? So this morning I want to encourage you, God's way of doing things is not our way. And sometimes we get the two things confused. We sometimes say, well, God, I've heard of your Ten Commandments, but I have ten suggestions. And God says, I'm not interested. My way is not your way. And so we need to be reminded as a people today that when it comes to our sovereign God, he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the plan he needs to unfold. He knows the timing in which he needs to do it in. He knows exactly what needs to happen in your life and in my life. And God's way is not always our way. Joseph, in this story, had every human right possible of getting rid of Mary. I mean, you talk about sort of a, a, a scandal that's taking place. Joseph, you know, could have, when Mary came to him and when the, when the news came out, he was going to get divorced her quietly. And maybe in those days, he even had a right to kill her. I don't know if you knew that or not. 
But because of what she said had happened, she, he could have distrusted her and said, you know what, off with the head, you know. But he didn't do that. Joseph, in his heart, began to realize that I don't understand what's happening. And that's why the angel of the Lord came and spoke to him. But as we look at the story, God's way and what he was doing is definitely not the way they would have chosen. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There is a path before each person that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. Today, within our culture, there are so many people who say, you know, I want nothing to do with God. And they choose a pathway that they think is the best. And they say, this way without God is the way I'm going to live my life because it's the best way to go. And so Proverbs says, there is a path before each of us that seems right. But without God, it just ends in death. It ends in hurting and wrecked lives. It ends in broken marriages. It ends in, in, in broken relationships. It ends in all kinds of ugly things. And God, especially at Christmas, sent a Savior to save us and to redeem us and to help us to get on a pathway that will give us joy within our life. But we need to recognize that we've got to put our pride aside and we've got to say, God, I don't understand everything that you're doing, but you know what? Your way is the way I'm going to trust and follow. Mary and Joseph, they had to make that decision. Imagine what Mary must have been thinking. You know, Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Mary probably shouted, Amen. I don't know what in the world the Lord's doing. But she had to make a decision to believe in what God was doing, or to doubt it and not really trust it. And so today I want to encourage you. Your life may be in the middle of chaos. You may have all kinds of struggles that are going on in your life today, but you've got to make a decision. Are you going to recognize God's way, or are you going to recognize your own way and keep on your own path and say, Lord, I want nothing to do with you. Or I'll, get, I'll call on you when I need you, but for now, leave me alone. It doesn't work that way. And so I want to remind us of that first principle. Mary and Joseph, even though it wasn't the way they chose, they realized that God's way is the best way. And folks, I want to remind us this morning, online or here in person, that's so true in life. So true in life. So as we look at this story, as we look at the story of the virgin birth, and, and even very briefly, I want to just kind of st- stop here for a moment and and answer the question, why is the virgin birth so important to our Christian faith? I want you to realize that Jesus Christ was God's son. And he had to be free of his sinful nature. The sinful nature was something that came in Adam when he rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden. And that rebellion was planted in mankind down through the ages. And so when a Savior came, he had to be free from that. And the only way to be free from that was to be born of a virgin who had, never, who, who had never been with a man. And so when, when that happened, that's exactly what God was doing. He was putting a Savior in place who actually could save us. And so he was fully God. He was fully divine. But yet, because he was born out of a woman, he was fully human. And uh, so he was the Son of God. He was also fully human. And because he was fully human... 
Um, he understood what we go through today. He understood the limitations uh, that you and I experience. He knows he has full understanding of the experiences and the struggles that you and I go through. Hebrews chapter 4 talks about it. But because he was fully God, he has the power, he has the authority to deliver us from all the crud. There's that Greek word again. All the crud that bogs our lives down and makes us wonder about things. He was fully God. And he was born of a virgin. He did not have that sinful nature passed on to him. But yet he was fully human. He was, and he, because of that, he understands. And because he's fully God, he had the power to save us. Folks, the virgin birth and everything about it is central to who we are. It's God's way. It's not our way of doing things. It's his way. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And without the virgin birth, there will be no forgiveness of sin. And there will be no possibility of God's kingdom come to earth even here to earth or on heaven or any sign of it. And so this was the cause for great joy, even though it must have been a very confusing for Joseph and Mary. And today, I'm not saying that I understand everything about it, but I do know one thing. I do know that when Christ saves you, even though you don't understand it all, he puts you on a pathway that is incredible. It has lots of struggles and challenges, but through it all, it has great depth of joy because you need to choose. Is it going to be God's way or is it going to be my way? You can't have both. Second of all, God's way always saves. Matthew chapter 20, 20 and 21. In, that, in those verses, God assured Joseph that he would not destroy Joseph's life. He said, don't be afraid. I'm not going to smite you and kill you, Joseph, because you were thinking about and getting rid of her. Everything that God does, he does it to save us and give us something better. And folks, I want to remind us of that. God's not out to put you like a puppet on a string and say, well, I'm just playing with you. I'm, I'm going to have you go through this, going to have you go through this. God doesn't do that. Sure, trials and circumstances may challenge us. When the heat's turned up, it may really show what kind of qualities we do have when the fire's turned up. But God is not out to, to do that. God, everything he does is always to save us and to give us life. He wants to make your life better. He wants to make you healthier, stronger. He wants to make you have an abundant life now. He wants you to have the abundant life for all eternity when you go to heaven. And so... God assured Joseph through the angels that he would not destroy him. And he didn't do that. The name Jesus means, literally means the Lord saves. And so today, on this Christmas, as we rediscover Christmas, it's always in, it always has been and always will be about a Jesus who wants to save you and give you life and give you something better. But there is an enemy, and we call him Satan. Scripture talks about the one who wants to maim and destroy. He wants to want, <clears throat> he comes to steal and to kill. But God comes to give life. And so this morning, as you go through your life and through your circumstances, God's not out to hurt you. God's out to give you the very best that he can if you would just put your faith in him. When facing big decisions, some people freeze with all kinds of fear. Uh, even during this pandemic, some people have been so fearful that they have a hard time coming out of their home. 
and, and all kinds of things. Some people are fearful about other things. Some people say, well, what if I make a wrong decision in life? What will God do to me? Or what if I miss God's will? Or what if, what if, what if? And so some people, when facing big decisions, they kind of freeze. But I want to remind you that as you try to make decisions in life about who to marry, where to go, what to do, what job you should take, I don't want you thinking God's there with a big club ready to hit you. You ever play that game where the moles pop up and you've got to hit it down? I don't forget what it's called. Whack-a-mole. Well, we're not playing whack-a-mole with God. God isn't going, whack, get down there. That's not what I want. Whack. It doesn't work that way. God wants to save you and give you the best. He wants to give you life and hope. He wants to put you on a pathway that doesn't destroy you, but it builds you up and makes you better. Our world likes to say that our faith sometimes as believers is crazy and nonsense. They like to think we check our brains at the door and we don't know what we're even talking about, but that's not true. God says, come, let us reason together. Let us know what we believe, why we believe it, and are able to articulate it and to have a hope, a faith. And God says, if you will plant that faith in me, I will give you joy, great joy. I will save you. Most of our decisions in life, unlike Mary and Joseph, will not be overruled by angels, all right? I haven't had that happen yet. I think I'm a pretty good. But I haven't had a, a heavenly host come say, oh, Mark, don't buy that car, you know. I haven't had that. Mary and Joseph, they had the heavenly host come and say, you know, Joseph, don't divorce her. Keep her. She's a keeper. All right? And so most of us, we don't have our decisions overruled by angels, but that's no reason for lacking confidence in our God and that he wants to save us. And so I want to encourage you in life, as you go about and you do the best you can to make good decisions, as you pray about things, as you talk with your trusted friends, go ahead, act in faith. God is with you. He cares about you every single step of the way. Number three, God always, God's ways always have God's presence. I love that. When I say presence, I don't mean the wrapping under the tree. I mean his presence. He's with you. Emmanuel. God is with us. That's what it means. And of course, we read that in the text this morning from verses 22 and 23. Emmanuel. God is with us. And so God's way, if you do it his way, will have his presence with you. You don't go it alone. God was with Mary and Joseph even though they didn't understand everything, God was with them. And I want to remind us today here, 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, everything that's going on, you are not alone. God is with you. And if you will walk according to his principles, you will have God's presence. But if you simply want to do what you want to do and leave God out of it, then all of a sudden wonder where God is, it doesn't work that way. You've got to put your faith and trust in him. And if you do, he will never abandon you. When people are walking out on you, God will walk in and says, I'm here to help you clean it up. Isn't that great? God's ways are, will always have God's presence, anointing on it. God's presence in our life should bring us great joy and peace. Even when his ways don't make a bit of a sense to us, especially in light of our cultural norms of today and where the way society is going, 
Society says believe in yourself. Society says, you know, make yourself the captain of your own vessel, your own ship. Don't put your faith in this unseen God. But God says, uh uh-uh, just the opposite. If you will trust me, I will always see you through. I will never leave you or abandon you. Number four, God always requires risk. Man, I had to put that in there. God always requires risk. When it comes to experiencing the depth of joy that God wants you to have, it doesn't come for those who risk nothing. But that risk can open the pathway to incredible joy. And as we look at verse 24 here within this, and and Mary, or Joseph, had to, in verse 24... When he woke up, he did, notice that, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. What a risk he had to take. He took this woman who was pregnant, and they've got to say, everybody, hey, she's born of, a vir- she's born of the Holy Spirit. I didn't, it wasn't me, you know. Um, and, and he had to take her and to identify with her, walk with her, and... And he did that at great risk because in his culture and in his day, what incredible shame it would have been for them as a family, for him and his family's family name. But he was willing to take that risk and he's willing to be obedient to what God asked him to do. Joseph put his life on the line. He put his reputation on the line when he decided to do things God's way. He changed his plans in life. After learning about God's plan uh, for his life from the angel, he obeyed God and proceeded with the marriage and, and all the plans to marry Mary. Although others probably had disapproved of his decision, Joseph went ahead and he did what he knew was right. God's way of doing things is always the right way. This morning, if you want to rediscover joy in your life, You don't find joy and the depth of that joy. You don't find it by living your life and putting a little bit of side of God on it. It doesn't work that way. But when you make God central to everything you do, he will walk with you. When you get up in the morning, he will go with you to, to your workplace. He will guide you in your work. He will be there at the water cooler. When people gather around, begin to gossip and tell dirty jokes. Um, he will be with you when you start looking for a mate for life. He will be with you, with you, with you, every step of the way. What a fantastic God we serve. But you need to risk it. When I first gave my life to Jesus, I grew up in a family that had absolutely no experience with church. Other than a couple of weeks in the summer, we, our parents would all throw us in the back of the pickup truck when you can ride in the back of a pickup truck. We would get in the back of a pickup truck and we'd take us to a little country church and, and the old pipe organ that the lady was pulling the stops out on and pumping, she would sing the song, bringing in the sheaves or whatever she was bringing in. I wasn't sure at the time. And that's the only experience we had. And, and we did that for a couple of weeks. That was it because the elderly lady up the road pressured my dad into sending his kids to church. And that's the experience. But you know what? When I gave my life to Jesus, I knew it was the right decision. But the risk for me was the laughter of my family, 
the ridicule of those that I had partied with and been around for so long. Because we had nobody had anything to do with God. That was silliness. No one did that. But you know what? We all have to, to make that risk, make that decision of what we're willing to risk. Sometimes we avoid doing what is right because we care more about what others think. But like Joseph, we must choose to obey God rather than seek the approval of others around us. And some people today are missing out on the greatest thing in their life, which is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because they care more about what others think than what God thinks. There is always great risk in following God's way. There's always great risk from a human perspective. However, it's also the pathway to great joy if we're willing to risk. Then the last one this morning, I think comes out of this story, is that God's way requires sacrifice. Sacrifice. When you look at verse 25, and you begin to, to see the sacrifice that both Mary and Joseph had to make, a lot of people would look at that and say, you know, it says in verse 25, he didn't go ahead and have sexual relations with her until Jesus was born. Some people would say, well, that's just ridiculous. You can't, you can't be restraining yourself. No one can do that. But they sacrificed because they cared more about what God wanted. Joseph did what God wanted, even though it could have cost him everything. Even his impending marriage, marriage with Mary. So this morning... When you think about doing things God's way, it's not always going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all. And the sacrifices, you may notice them up front, or there may be, they may be delayed. Sometimes the delay could be is that, you know, maybe you've missed out on something because you were, um, you identified with Christ instead of identifying with just everybody else. And so there's always a sacrifice to be made. But if we're willing to make that sacrifice... God, more than enough, makes up for the difference. God will open up potential and doorways. God will open up blessings that you never thought were possible when you make that sacrifice. It's interesting to me that in the family I grew up in, I'm the youngest of 11 children, that when I gave my life to Christ, I had doors open to me I never thought was possible. I was the only person in my family to go to university. And that was because of Jesus. I was the only person to be able to get out and to move and to travel and do things in a way that I never thought possible. And those are small things. But God has a way of doing small and big things because we're willing to risk it all and sacrifice it all for him. So today, if you want joy, I know we sing about it. I know that sometimes at Christmas we kind of just think it's automatic, but it isn't. There's lots of people today that don't have joy in their life. And maybe this morning, privately, if I was to sit down with you, you'd probably say, you know what, I don't. My life is in chaos. I feel empty. I feel shallow. I feel broken. The answer is not going to church. I can't believe I said that. The answer is Jesus. The answer is not about a cold, dead religion. The answer is Jesus. And so we need to remind ourselves as we look at this first Christmas that there is great principles there that show us the pathway to incredible joy. But you can't do it your way. 
We've got to do it God's way. There's no way around it. This morning I want to close out this service by saying that God cares for you. God watches over you. He wants to guide your steps. Joseph came to the best decision he could, a decision of obedience and surrender to God's plan. And he made his choice clear. He says, as for me and Mary, we will trust the Lord. What about you today? Is your decision clear? Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to put your faith in? It's up to you. God's not going to force you to follow him. God's not going to force you to humble yourself and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. He doesn't do that. He wants you to come at your own free will, your own free choice, and decide, am I going to follow Jesus or am I not? Today I want to encourage you. I want you to be able to sing joy to the world and really have that joy kind of just pour out of you. But you will only get that from knowing Jesus and knowing that he is with you each and every day, no matter what. Let's stand together in closing. As we close out the service today and our worship team comes, I'd like you to bow your heads, if you would, and, and, um, and just by doing that, maybe give the person next to you a little bit of privacy. When I share these messages, I don't share it just to sort of get information out, but I'm sharing it because I want you to make a decision about what you're going to do today with Jesus. I'm not going to pressure you or say anything that will embarrass you, but as you bow your heads and, and just don't look around, I just wonder if there's someone here this morning that you can identify with some of the things that I'm saying. Maybe you feel like your life is broken. Maybe there's some emptiness. Maybe it's a, some shallowness there. And you want to rediscover the joy that can be yours. Very quickly this morning, just by putting your hand up and back down, I just want to pray for you in closing. Sure, I see that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your honesty and openness. Anyone else? That God's speaking to you and you want him to help you rediscover that joy. Or maybe even discover it for the first time. Lord, this morning, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you, God, for the way you remind us of incredible truth that comes from your word. And I ask this morning that as we go from this place, as we enjoy our coffee and refreshments and a snack, that God, you would just help us to have a sense that your joy is unfolding. That your joy is like a geyser within us that's beginning to bubble up and, and, and just let it explode. God, today, uh, this Christmas in 2020, I'm asking that you would help us to rediscover joy. I thank you for the hands that were raised and the honesty behind those hand raisings about how they want something different. Lord, this morning, I'm asking that you would help them to have a fresh sense of your joy and your presence. Lord, as we go from this place, we need you. We need you to save us, transform us, change us. We need you, God, to walk with us through the good times and the bad times. And Lord, as we do so, help us to trust your way and not our own. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our team is going to lead us in a closing song. And let's just, again, put our joy or remind ourselves of the joy that comes ours to us when we follow Christ. Mm -hmm.